So welcome to the first ever Project Breakout podcast with me, Graham Powder, and most importantly, uh, Ben Stoker. Ben Stoker, also known as the Games Master, which is pretty much the best job title you can possibly have, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, best job you can have. There you go. You were here first. <laughs> um, so this is the first of hopefully a number of podcasts we're going to be doing talking about escape rooms, um, all the stuff behind it, what makes an escape room tick, but delving deeper for you know it's really a podcast for gamers people who love playing escape rooms and people who build design and operate them as well and um, so ben the genius behind multi-award winning five-star um set of escape rooms project breakout and um, how long have you been running them so the first game that i designed was round about 2017 um the building where where my rooms are, are situated um it's a big climbing gym so i i used to actually manage the, the climbing gym and um i won't go too much into it but we we suffered sort of massive floods and things back in 2016 damaged a lot of the uh, the building that we're in um and when we were then sort of rebuilding i'd at that point i'd become sort of quite uh not obsessed with escape rooms, but I played quite a few, and it was a you know quite a new thing back then, um, and I really enjoyed them, and discussed with Ewan, who owned the climbing gym at the at the time, um, who I was working for. We discussed the possibility of putting an escape room in the building um, because, as I said, due to this flooding, we've got part of the the building available, um, and that's when I designed my first room. Really, it was only ever originally planned as an addition to the climbing yeah we just thought we'd have one escape room and it'd be a little bit extra yeah. for people to do you know when they came into the building and within six months of us opening that first room it was just apparent that people would travel to play them um and that first room is where we sat right now that's right? where we're actually sat and, it, and it's still it, it's still pretty much the same concept to that game as as when I first designed it, but obviously with you know times have changed mm. over the over the years. That game has has undergone massive changes. Right. So if you were to come back and play it now, having played it six years ago, probably eighty percent of the puzzles that are in the game are completely different. So it's the whole that much. Oh, it's it's evolved. But it's the same four walls. It's right? the same. It's the same four walls. Yeah. It's yeah, because this this particular game, um, it, it does take place in just a, a single room, a mm. single space, which um, you know, is not always the case now with mm. with escape rooms. As you say, things have uh, have evolved, but we've managed to keep the 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 heart of this game. We we didn't want to change it too much, but yeah. we wanted to add to it. We wanted to improve it. It's still six years down the line. We still get people coming into this into this game and saying it's you know it's one of their favourite games they've they've Brilliant. ever played because it, it's it's a, it's a different style of game. Um, and do you love all your children equally, or is it the first one with the magical one and you dialed it in with other ones? Um, yeah. This this is. Wait, are we still talking about escape rooms? We're still, I think yeah, we're yeah, still yeah, talking right. about escape rooms. Yes, yeah, I think we are. Um, but no, this is st- this is still. When your kids are crying right now. Don't, don't be fine. They'll be, they'll be fine. Kids get over things. Yeah, you know, kids are they're resilient. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's still one of my favourite games yeah. because 
as I say, it was the first one. But yeah, it, yeah and it, so it really means something to me. This uh, this game, but it's definitely evolved and definitely changed. You know, compared yeah. to the the initial game that we that we designed. So because you've not only built now four escape rooms, you've built a team as well. You know, to, yeah, to, absolutely. Yeah, we're really kind of invested in the yeah. brand and know what everything's all about. Absolutely. Um, so how big's the team? Who are they? Um, so at the moment, it's it's three, myself included. Yeah. There's just three of us. We did. We've over the years we've had various people that have that have come and gone just mm. sort of part time. You know, a couple of them work for us, but then have gone off to uni or gone off to do other things. But the the core team um, is myself, Phil, and Lee. They're the yeah. they're the members of staff that have, have sort of stuck with us. And uh, and yeah, there there is you know as much a, a part of Project Breakout really as I am. Um, so. So they're on the journey then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they—I mean, it's—it's it's brilliant. So that when I designed the first game, I was pretty much on my own. Mm. I didn't even know if it would work. You know, I—I I, I had a, a an idea that I sort of ran with, and then I had people in trying it out, and it—and it seemed to work well. You know, but but it was all my own. You know, all my own doing. I do remember that then because I, I saw it as an opportunity to a try and do some PR for you and b. Uh, shift a load of old crap that have been building up in my garage. And Basically, be, yeah. So your face, I remember I tried to give you a, 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 a sort of like a fake open fire that was plugging just because I couldn't get rid of it. It won't fit in the black bin. And you thought I, it might fit in one of my rooms. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure about that because I don't have the same aptitude for this as you have, but I thought it can make use of that. But it ended up in the skip anyway. You know, so. to, to be fair, though, this... The, as you say, the room that we that we sat in, even though it's it's undergone massive changes, that a lot of it was was built with things that I could get relatively yeah. cheap that I could get from second hand. The ultimate recycling, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and it and it fits. To be fair, it fits so well with this theme. As times have moved on, you know, and things have, uh, you know, we've we've got bigger and sort of better rooms. Um, that's that's not the case. Um, but with this one, it just I I was working to a very strict budget. Yeah, I was I was trying to to do it not as cheaply as I possibly could, but I didn't want to to be spending a mm. lot of money on an idea that I wasn't a hundred percent certain was going to work. That's sensible. Um, so and there are still some things in this room. Sort of looking around now, there are a couple of things in there that were still in here mm. from the word go a lot of it's changed a lot of the the props have changed um one of the problems with escape rooms is you do find you go through a lot of props a lot of yeah. furniture because things just get damaged that's yeah. you know you've got people in and out sort of rummaging around mm. searching all over the place and things do get damaged so that's part of what i look at now when i'm designing rooms is this going to last is yeah. this going to get damaged is this going to to work long term you know so do you have to buy everything twice most most things if it's a big prop that is not going to be moved around or yeah. not going to be then i'll i don't mind spending quite a bit of money on mm. that and you know i, I hope that it's uh, it's going to last the mm. you know the length of the the game really um but smaller things i yeah i try to buy some i've got some props i, I might have five or six mm. of each one because i just know that give it six months it's either yeah. going to be damaged or um 
it's just not going to work the same as it did when when I launched it. And and what you don't want is someone turning up and saying, you know, oh yeah, the game was good, but everything in there was tired. Nothing That's really tired. worked. Yeah. Nothing, you know. So it's yeah, we as much as we innovate and we change things around, some of the stuff that stays the same. Mm-hmm. It's not actually the same. We might have gone through four or five, you know, of of those. Um, But to the outside observer and to the the outside player, they wouldn't know that. And it's it's important to make sure it doesn't look old, it doesn't look tired, because it's it's almost like... um, I don't know if the right word microcosm, but it's like a mini theme park, isn't it? Yeah, you know? absolutely. So you, yeah. If you're going on a roller coaster and you're paying a lot of money to get into that theme park and it looks like crap and there's bits falling off, you're not really going to you're want to really, come back yeah. and say good things. But if it seems fresh and, you know, and, and for me as well, the first time I came into this room all those years ago and I've been yes. in a other escape room since, there's that, that kind of odd hush. You can feel it now. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's almost like yeah. walking into somewhere that's haunted. When you walk into an escape room, there's that, I don't know, that quietness. You feel, you know, the door's never locked, it's, but it might as well be. My my thought process, even going back to the very first room that I, that I designed, was I wanted people to believe that they were stepping into a, a completely different world, a different universe. You know, they weren't just going into a lobby and then stepping into into a room. They they could lose themselves, you know, they could actually lose themselves in that story and feel that they were they were in a completely different place. And I think I I get that still sometimes when I walk into other escape rooms. I go and play a lot of escape yeah. rooms as well. Um, you know, I've got various people that I go play escape rooms with. And I still get that excitement of walking through the door and not knowing what to expect on the other side of that door. Yeah. And sometimes you walk through the door and it's a bit, oh, yeah, this is, yeah. this is all right. But you know you're in an escape room. Yeah. You know that there's, there's, no, there's no magic, whereas some rooms you walk into and the moment you step through that door, you just completely lose yourself. You know, it's... Um, that's, that's a really good point. It's one of the things I was going to ask is when you design the room, what is it you're trying to create? And I think you've just answered that, really, haven't you? Yeah, I, I, I want, I want people to be able to, for that hour that they're playing that game, just imagine they are completely, you know, in a, in a different place. They, yeah. they may, you know, imagine that they're a completely different person. <laughs> you know, they, you, you have to play a character well, yeah. absolutely. But I, I played games where you do take on a different persona, you do mm. take on a different character, and and if it's done well, that can be absolutely brilliant. You yeah. know, that can that just adds magic to the to the game. Um, is it is it a case of with some people and you'll see this or you maybe you don't see this but you see w- one person arrive and then when they walk through the door they change and it's almost like you know when people lose their inhibitions when they're on a dance floor when they've had a drink when they've you know absolutely even whatever yeah, absolutely. it is that's your trigger and releases those inhibitions, and you're like, "Oh, that's a different person." Do you see that? On I've, the cameras. I've, I've had I've had people walk. It's one of my favourite things to see, and we talk about it my, myself and Phil and Lee as a as a team. Um, you can see it. I've had people turn up with a group, and they've they've sort of been dragged along 
as part of a group. They're not necessarily even bothered about the fact that they come into play an escape yeah. room. Some of the friends have decided they want to go play an escape room, so they've just come along with them. And you can see the moment they walk through the door, they're not that bothered about, you know, what's happening. You start to do the introduction and start explaining about how the game works. And you can see they're not really engaged. Yeah. And then seeing them walk through into the game and start to explore. And it's almost like you, you can see that moment, that sort of light bulb moment yeah. of they suddenly get it. And it's like they turn <laughs> yeah. from being, I don't really know what I'm doing, you know, I don't really know why I'm here. I've just yeah. come along with yeah. some mates to completely losing themselves yeah. in that story. And they, they take over. You know, they're like, oh, we need to do this. We need to, oh, I've found this. Oh, I've seen this, you know. And it's you can see the excitement building. Yeah. And it is, it's just like that moment where they switch from, oh, I'm just here to do an activity to I'm doing something and I'm fully engaged yeah. in it and I'm completely lost in it. And then when they come out, and, and I've had people actually say to me, look, I really wasn't looking forward to coming. I didn't even really want to come, but everyone yeah. talked me into it. But I can't wait to do another room now. You know, it's that it's that moment, that, yeah. and that's what that's what I aim for. And did they come back? Do you oh see yeah, absolutely. So we've, we've got four rooms here. Did they come back and do the other rooms? Absolutely. Right. So you yeah. See, you see repeat visits. That's I see. Thing. I see repeat visits. The the beauty of, I suppose, the escape room world is well, and because I play a lot of mm. a lot of games. Um, I'm also able to to tell them of other places and other games to yeah, play as well. That's right? that's what you that's what you want. You want somebody to be engaged in your game and to fall in love with the idea of playing escape rooms yeah. because then it doesn't just benefit me. Yeah. You know, and and us coming, you know, having people coming in to play the games. I know that those people, if they've had a really good experience, they're going to want to go and they're going to yeah. want to explore other places. And there are so many other good games out there to play. Yeah. Um, so it's that, yeah, We but we do get people. I actually get some people coming back and playing the same game. Brilliant. And bringing other people with because they've enjoyed it yeah. so much, although they know that when they step through that mm -hmm. door, they know what to expect. Mm -hmm. And they know the puzzles and they know what mm -hmm. the aim of the game is. They've enjoyed themselves that much that they want to see somebody else yeah. going through that process so it's about share, the phrase sharing the love in it you know you if you've gone to a, a beautiful part of the world a beautiful place beautiful restaurant you've had this nice beer you've had this amazing ice cream you want to then as a human yeah show other people we'll show other people yeah, 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 and, and see, get them yeah. to taste and experience absolutely it. so we we get the same with the with the escape rooms so uh, ask you there you know what is it you try and create here we, we we know what you what you're trying to achieve how difficult or the flip side how exciting is it doing it in a form of flour mill that's being converted into a urban activity and climbing center um that you know with an idea that was born out of flooding you know something so well, negative yeah. leading to something leading so something positive. so positive yeah um i mean i i just I've got a bit of a love-hate relationship with this building anyway. <laughs> I, I love it because, you know, I've, I've, I've been around the place. Even, as I say, even before I had the yeah. escape rooms, I was part of the, the, the climbing team yeah. here. You know, I was... Uh, and I've lived around this area for such a long time. So, so I remember this building being basically an abandoned mm -hmm. mill. Um, you know, it wasn't used. And then the climbing gym took over and the, the, the building started to take on this this new sort of life of its own. Mm -hmm. um, 
And when I started putting the escape rooms in, as I say, originally, mm. it was the plan was to have one room, mm. and that slowly developed. So I love finding these other parts of the building that aren't being used or aren't being utilised and just getting that spark of, oh, I've got an idea of what we could do here, you yeah. know, and, and, and taking that initial idea from you know, trying to come up with a storyline or trying to come up with an mm. idea of what we could use it for, actually building that and developing, see, seeing mm. something created out of that that yeah. empty space, basically. We'll have to get um, you in on and see, you know, because I'm sure we'll talk about it. I'm sure we will. Yeah, I'm sure we will. I never, we, we need to ask you in this, who's the, you know, the, the owner of the of the, the, the building. building, yeah. But has he played any of these escape rooms? He, he, he has, never yes, asked him yeah. That. Yeah, he's. A, do you know? I think the only one he's not played, I think, is Dollmaker. Really? Um, he played Antidote quite early on yeah. because, as I say, at the time I was still working yeah. for the climbing gym. Um, it's only when the escape room business really took off. Mm. I could, you know, I I was that busy running that first escape mm-hmm. room, and then because that was so successful, yeah. designing the second game and building that, um, it just quickly became apparent I couldn't commit to continuing to work in the yeah. in the climbing gym yeah. and run the climbing which gym. Great, because, it, yeah, which was fantastic. Um, but he played this room when it was when it was first designed, having no idea of what an escape room right. was. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um I've tried to explain a bit to him about how they worked, but I think we still get people coming in who've no idea. It's a bit of an alien concept. If yeah. you've never played one, you don't really know what to expect. And and that was he, you know, he'll I'm sure he'll say he had absolutely no idea what this sort of crazy idea mm. that I was telling him about, yeah. you know, what was about. Um and the moment he came out of the room, he just sort of looked and he said, That, you know, that was such a fantastic experience. Mm. And he he wanted to do more. We actually went. I took him. We went to a couple of other other yeah. places and played. So you got the bug. So he got the he got the bug. Yeah. Um, his favourite game is the well the fourth game that we built, which is at the moment still my sort of biggest project, um, which is called Operation Clear Safe. That's yeah. a, a much larger, much scarier game. I think it's that's a podcast first, in itself. Absolutely, it, yeah. Base. But that's yeah, the yeah. that's the first live actor game yeah. that we that we run. Um and it is it you know it can be quite a frightening experience. Um it's frightening walking through it with lights on mate. Absolutely, so, yeah. yeah. Um but that is I would say his favourite game of all of yeah. them. Just be, just because it is so different, yeah. but he he likes to bring people in to play that game yeah. because, as I say, he likes you, you like to see the other people's reactions. You know, about the, yeah. sharing the love, and, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, he, and I think he's probably played that game maybe three or four times with various different groups yeah. and various different people. So um, yeah, it's arousing success. There, absolutely. So um, what's the Operation Clarity is probably a really good kind of segue into this. What's the funniest thing that's ever happened with a group that you've been looking after? Um, I mean, we get funny things all the time. We we get, you'd be amazed how many people um, go into a room and they become convinced that that they've figured out exactly what they need to do to do next, despite yeah. the rest of the team telling them that no, that that's 
a stupid idea that would you know that's not right that's um but they managed to convince the whole team that their idea will work and their idea really? oh yeah. absolutely absolutely so i've got uh, in, in fact the room that we're that we're standing in now um we've got a puzzle that in, involves i'm sitting down i am short but I am sitting down. They simply <laughs> stood up then. No, um, there's I've a got cushion. There's a, there's a puzzle that um, it involves. It involves colours, and the lock. It's not a spoiler alert. It's no, no, it's not a spoiler. Okay. But the but the lock is. Um, it's similar to the old safe style locks that you get. So you have to turn the dial in certain directions, and you oh, have is that to what stop that's at called, certain numbers. Yeah, it's like a, you know, like the old, yeah, like the so old you safes go, that you get. Did, 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 yeah, did, turn it, turn did, did, it so, mate. Turn it to the left hand side, yeah. and then turn it to the right. How, and did, they, how do they work? I've I've no idea. It's one of the, the few. Hell? It's one of the few locks that I've never sort of. How can it work? I, There's I no have no idea. It's, no, it's incredible. Um, Sorry, but with that, puzzle, I wanted to ask you that. Yeah. yeah. Any of the other lot, I can probably tell you how they work. That's the and to be honest, we all this is the only room that we have one of those locks in. Um, that's partly why we only have one in this room because some people do get there very frustrated. Do you know what? But Rich, in this, just to jump in, you talk about that frustration. You, you know, and my question was, what's the what's the funniest thing? And there's a follow on to that. But we played a room. It was a really, really good room until we got to another room right within the yeah. room and we got to that lock and we wasted 10 minutes and you just and couldn't do it couldn't do it and yeah. then at the end the person had to come in and even they struggled to do it right and yeah you know you we go back to talking about we're trying to create something that's believable it ruined it it blew it but but again this is this is one of those things like i talked about at, at the beginning if you try you try to make sure that anything in that room still works yeah. as as well as it did the very first time yeah. you ran that game. So the particular lock that I'm talking about, yeah. we've actually changed that lock probably seven or eight times since we oh, since really? we opened. Right. Yeah, because there is nothing more frustrating than getting to a point and not being able to do something. Not because you can't do it, or not because you've not figured out the puzzle, mm -hmm. or you're not you're not good enough to do it, but because what you're trying to do just isn't working. Yeah. Um, and it does, it gets so, so yeah, and as I say, that's one of the reasons. We we only use that lock mm. in this particular room because it fits so well with yeah. the theme. Right, gotcha. I'm, I'm a great believer in if you're creating a story and you're creating a, a theme and you're building a room, anything that's in that room should be believable. Yeah. So if you're, you know, if you're playing a, a game setting, set in ancient Egypt... And yet you're suddenly finding all these electronic devices and things and you're having to play about with computers and things like that. Yeah, it just yeah, it yeah. takes away from the whole <laughs> you know, the whole storyline. It's um, yeah. so that lock still works really well in this game, which is yeah. why we've never removed it, even yeah. though it can be frustrating to some people. It tends to be mm. the reason people when you're telling them about the lock, you can see the look of horror on the face. And it's because nine times out of ten, those people will have played a room somewhere else that has a similar lock yeah. that doesn't work properly, yeah. that causes frustration. Once you explain to them exactly how this particular lock works, it's very, very rare that people still have an issue with yeah. that lock. They manage, yeah. to, they they manage do to do it first, sometimes second time of trying. Yeah. Um, 
because the lock works properly yeah. and because you've explained to them and because and the puzzle makes sense. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It'd be interesting to see if there's any um, any either gamers or operators who might be listening to this and say, do you have a, a lock that you just hate integrating into games? You maybe have to sometimes or is I it can, lock you never touch? Or, you I, know, can, I can pretty much tell you what that lock will be really? because I speak to a lot of enthusiasts. Well, I speak to a lot of owners. Most people will tell you if there's a lock that they don't like, it's a directional lock. So it's the north, south, east, west. The north, south, east, and east and west ones. Um, I don't know why. To be perfectly honest, I love those locks. Mm. I'm all right with them. It's the safe ones. But again, I think that's because I know how they work. Mm. So I have played rooms where we've come across one of those locks but it hasn't been properly explained to us in the briefing or, yeah. you know, in the introduction, how that lock works ah, right. or how to reset things. that lock mm-hmm. or how, you know, people, you, you need to take your time with a lock like that. You don't mm-hmm. need to rush it. You, you need to know what you're doing with it. So quite often the frustration comes not with the fact that that is the lock that's in there, mm-hmm. but it's with finding a lock that hasn't that you've not come across before and you mm. haven't been given the correct yeah. instruction on how yeah. to on how to work it. Um but that can be the same with any with any type of lock. Yes. You know, I've I've got a padlock in one of in one of my games, but it actually has a little um like a little clasp on it that you have to move to then be able to put the key in. Okay. Now, if you don't yeah. tell people how to move that clasp, yeah. they'll see that lock, they'll find the key, but they won't know where to put it in. I think it's a red so, herring. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, so a lot of the frustration, but I, I guarantee if you were to ask 100 enthusiasts or 100 mm. people who've played escape rooms, which is their least favourite lock, I would say that the vast majority of the answers that come back negatively yeah. would be the direction lock. So that might be a change or petition to ban that. Well, do you know some? As I say, we we use them in some of in some of our rooms, and as long as you explain to people exactly how to work yeah. them, they they doesn't seem to be an issue. Yeah. But a lot of that's the communication. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, what's the most awkward thing that's ever happened since you've been running escape rooms? Um, the most awkward. I mean, it's never it's never nice when people don't get out of the room. Yeah. Um, it, it, it that can be quite awkward. If if somebody is getting absolutely nowhere with the game, mm. um, regardless of how much help you try and give them, how much assistance you you try and mm. give them, um, yeah, feel, I suppose that feeling that you've that you've failed. Um, the game can can be quite frustrating for people, but not everybody's going to get out of the room. And I think yeah. as long as long as as long as rooms are fair, as long yeah. as people have a yeah. chance of getting out of them, um, yeah, not. If- it's interesting because my next and final question: Would you take it personally if if someone don't look like they're having fun? So it's really interesting how that's connected, but also. We're in a climbing centre, and when you're watching competition climbing, sometimes you think the route setters are a bit sadistic. Oh, absolutely, you almost yeah. seem impossible. So yeah. it's, it's just weird how those three things um, all combine, isn't it? You know? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot, of, a lot of the frustration that people get comes down to games mastering. Right. Comes down to the person running the game, comes mm. down to the, the people, you know, um, who, are, who are meant to be there mm-hmm. to, to help the players. Um, I think I've... 
I'm fortunate that myself and my and my staff know the games inside out and know exactly when they need to step yeah. in and offer assistance and, and when not to. Because um, it can be frustrating. I've played games where you get too much help. Mm-hmm. I've actually played games before where I've been working on a puzzle and yeah, I might it might be taking a little bit of figuring out, but I'm I'm slowly getting my head around it. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, the games master stepped in and given you a clue and basically told you how to do that puzzle. Well, actually, I've I've worked out how to do the puzzle. I'm just I'm working my way through it. That can be as frustrating as coming across a puzzle and not being able to work it out and not being given any assistance at all. So it's those little things, as I said. A games master can play a massive, massive part in whether a team is going to enjoy that game or not, whether they're going to have a good experience. Yeah. Um, so so it can yeah. make a huge difference. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's. Um, it, it, has anything ever happened where somebody's come out and gone, because you get them, um, even though they're wrong, they're telling you that your clues or your story... Absolutely. Are or vice yeah. versa, they've called you out and they're right, and you're thinking, ah. Um, or is it mainly just no, I don't. One? I don't think they've ever. Yeah, I don't think anyone's ever called me out and I've thought, oh yeah, they're right about that. I've had I've had people come out and make a suggestion, mm. and I've thought, oh, do you know what? Actually, yeah, yeah that that might improve that, or you yeah. know, that. I've also had occasions which which always makes me laugh, where somebody's working on a puzzle. And I can see the thought process that they that they're going through, but they come up with the weirdest, most wacky idea of how to solve that puzzle. It makes no sense in that instance. Yeah. What they're saying yeah. has will will not help them in any way to solve that puzzle. But at the same time, I'm thinking what they are saying would make a really, really good puzzle if it was done right. So there are actually times when somebody has come that. somebody has come up with an idea that doesn't help what they're doing at the moment but does give me food for thought for a, a different puzzle or a different room later on and that's it so taking good ideas and good feedback ben thank you very much thank you project breakout podcast that's been half an hour thanks for wow. listening hopefully we'll have some more See you excellent soon. cheers bye-bye